Section 14 of The Mysteries of London, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lucia Kelly, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. The Mysteries of London, Volume 3, by George W. M. Reynolds. Section 14. Chapter 14. Lady Hatfield and Dr. Lassells. Esther de Medina two days after the incidents which we have just related dr lassells received a message at about noon requesting him to repair immediately to the dwelling of lady hatfield who was seriously indisposed he obeyed this summons with more than usual alacrity for ever since lord ellingham had made him his confidant the curiosity of the worthy doctor had been strangely piqued by the unaccountable fact that lady hatfield should reject the suit of a man whom she not only professed to love but who was in every way worthy of her on his arrival at lady hatfield's residence he was surprised to learn from miss mordaunt that his patient was too unwell to quit her couch and when he was introduced into georgiana's bedchamber he found her labouring under a strong nervous excitement in accordance with the sacred privilege of the physician he was of course left alone with her ladyship and seating himself by the side of the bed he questioned her in the usual manner georgiana explained her sensations but although she alluded to nothing beyond those physical details which directly came within the province of the medical man still dr lassells had no difficulty in perceiving that the mind rather than the body was affected my dear lady hatfield he said in a gentle and milder tone as he could possibly assume it is in the power of the physician to administer certain drugs which may produce temporary composure and an opiate will encourage a good night's rest but you will forgive me for observing that the condition in which i now find you is scarcely one of which medical science will apply successfully unless seconded by aid of a more refined and delicate nature i do not comprehend you doctor exclaimed georgiana casting upon him a glance of mingled surprise and uneasiness i mean lady hatfield resumed lassells that you are the prey to some secret grief some source of vexation and annoyance which medical skill cannot remove the aid of a refined and delicate nature to which i refer is such as can be afforded only by a sincere and confidential friend without for an instant seeking to draw you into any explanation it is my duty to assure you that unless your mind be tranquillized medicine will not successfully encounter this nervous irritability this intense anxiety this oppressive feeling of coming evil without apparent cause and this sleeplessness at night of all which you complain i thank you most sincerely for this candour and frankness on your part doctor said lady hatfield after a long pause during which she appeared to reflect profoundly to deny that i have suffered much in mind during the last few days were to practise a useless deception upon you but i require no confidant i need not the solace of friendship 
to your medical skill i trust for at all events a partial restoration to health and travelling change of scene the excitement of visiting paris or some such means of diversion will affect the rest these last words however accompanied with a deep sigh as if upon the lady's soul were forced the sad conviction that happiness and herself must evermore remain strangers to each other i should scarcely recommend travelling in the winter-time lady hatfield observed dr lassells surely our own city can afford that constant variety of recreation and those ever-changing scenes of amusement which may produce a beneficial effect upon your spirits i abhor the pleasures of the fashionable world doctor said georgiana emphatically there is something so cold in the ostentation of that sphere so chilling in its magnificence so formal in its pursuits so ceremonial so thoroughly artificial in all its features and proceedings that when in the crowded ballroom or the brilliant soiree i even feel more alone than when in the solitude of my own chamber and yet lady hatfield throughout the extensive circle of your acquaintance said the physician there must be at least a few endowed with intellectual qualifications adapted to render them agreeable the most pleasant parties composed of these select might be given your rank your wealth your own well-restored mind and pardon me your beauty would ensure you to oh doctor exclaimed georgiana i can anticipate the arguments that you are about to use but alas my mind appears to be in that morbid state which discolours all objects with its own jaundiced thoughts i speak thus candidly to you doctor because i am aware of your friendship for me i know also that the admission i have now made will be regarded by you as a solemn secret and perhaps your advice she added slowly and hesitatingly might prove beneficial to me but no no she exclaimed her utterance suddenly assuming great rapidity it is useless to say more advice cannot serve me there is scarcely a possible cause of human vexation grief or annoyance which cannot be relieved by the solace or ameloriated by the counsel of a friend observed dr lassells dwelling emphatically upon his words georgiana played abstractedly with the long luxuriant hair which streamed over her shoulders and spread its shining masses on the white pillow but at the same time the snowy white dress rose and sank rapidly with the heaving of her bosom believe me lady hatfield continued dr lassells after a short pause during which he vainly awaited a reply to his former observation i am deeply grieved to find that one who so little deserves the sting of grief or the presence of misfortune should suffer from either the sharpness of the first or the menaces of the latter but it is not possible my dear lady and now forgive me if i avail myself of the 
privilege of a physician to ask this question but is it not possible i say that you have conjured up phantoms which have no substantial existence remember that there are certain conditions of the mind when the imagination becomes a prey to the wildest delusions doctor i am no monomaniac said lady hatfield abruptly but justly indeed oh most justly and truly did you here now assert that i little deserve the sting of grief if through any crime any weakness any frailty on my part i had merited the sore displeasure of heaven at that time she checked herself abruptly and burst into a flood of tears and for a few moments her countenance appeared to be the sad index of a breaking heart doctor she observed at length pardon this manifestation of weakness on my part but my spirits are so depressed my mind feels so truly wretched that i cannot control these tears think no more of what we have been saying i wish that we had not said so much leave me a prescription and visit me again in the course of the day lassells wrote out a prescription and then took his departure wondering more than ever what secret cause of grief was nourished in the bosom of lady hatfield that this secret grief was the motive which had induced or compelled her to refuse the hand of lord ellingham he could not doubt that it arose from no crime weakness or frailty on her part he felt assured inasmuch as her own words uttered in a paradoxium of mental anguish and not in a calm moment when deception might be her aim proved that fact and that it was associated with any physical ailment he could hardly believe because if she were the prey to an insidious disease no feeling of shame no false delicacy could possibly force a woman of her good sense and naturally powerful mind to keep such a fact from her physician what then could be that secret and profoundly rooted cause of grief was it monomania of some novel or very rare kind the curiosity of the man of science was keenly whetted he already began to suspect that he was destined to discover some new phase in the constitution of the human mind and he resolved to adopt all the means within his reach to solve the mystery this curiosity on his part was by no means of a common vulgar or base nature considering the profession and the researchful disposition of the man it was a legitimate and entirely venial sentiment it was not that curiosity which loves to feed itself upon the materials of scandal it was purely in connection with the thirst of knowledge and the passion for discovery which ever animated him in that sphere of science to which he was so enthusiastically devoted the doctor proceeded homewards when he encountered lord ellingham the earl was walking by the side of an elderly gentleman on whose arms hung a tall and graceful young lady but the physician did not immediately catch a glimpse of her countenance as it was turned towards lord ellingham who was speaking at that moment the nobleman shook lassells warmly by the hand and immediately introduced his companions by the names of mr and mrs de medina the doctor bowed and then cast a glance at the countenance of the young lady but he started as if with a sudden pang 
for in the beautiful jewess who now stood before him he beheld apparently past all possibility of error the same female who a few days previously had attempted self-destruction in south Milton street but almost simultaneously as this unexpected conviction the solemn promise which he had made to tom rainford whom he only knew on that occasion by the denomination of jameson flashed to the memory of dr lascelles and instantly composing himself he uttered some observation of a general nature i am glad we have thus met doctor said lord ellingham who had not noticed his sudden but evanescent excitement for my friend mr de medina is a comparative stranger in london and it is as well added the nobleman with a smile that he should become acquainted with the leading physician of the day i believe that no one enjoys health so good as to be enabled to dispense altogether with our assistance said the physician bowing in acknowledgment of the compliment thus paid him the most perfect piece of mechanism must necessarily need repair sometimes decidedly so said lord ellingham but we will not assert that physicians are necessary evils doctor in the same sense as the lawyers are i appeal to miss de medina whether his lordship be not by implication too hard upon my profession exclaimed lassells laughing his lordship replied esther was yesterday riding a very high-spirited horse and had he been drawn in uh, such a manner as to incur injury i question whether he would have believed that his medical attendant was an evil however necessary i owe you my profound gratitude for this powerful defence of my profession miss de medina said the doctor who had thus succeeded in compelling the young lady to speak he then raised his hat and passed on but he did not proceed many paces when he was overtaken by lord ellingham who had parted from his companions to have a few minutes conversation with the doctor that is a lovely girl to whom your lordship has just introduced me said lassells and as good in heart as she is beautiful in person exclaimed the nobleman ah cried the physician with a sly glance is lady hatfield already forgotten far from it said arthur his tone instantly becoming mournful and his countenance overclouded you cannot think me so fickle so vacillating doctor no the image of georgiana is never absent from my memory i had only encountered mr de medina and his daughter a few minutes before we met you and not only am i bound to show them every attention in my power as they are tenants of mine and were strongly recommended to me by mutual friends at liverpool but also i am glad to court intellectual society wherever it can be found in this city to distract my mind from the one topic which so constantly and so painfully engrosses it ah mr de medina and his daughter such very agreeable companions inquired lassells apparently in quite a casual manner mr de medina is a well-informed intelligent and even erudite man answered the earl his daughter is highly accomplished sensible and amiable i feel an additional interest in them because they belong to a race whom it is the fashion to revile and often despise it is true that my acquaintance with mr de medina and his daughter scarcely dates from a month back but i have already seen and if not i have heard enough to know that he is the pattern of integrity and the young lady the personification of every virtue 
the doctor made no reply certain was he that he could a tale unfold which would totally undeceive his noble friend relative to the character of esther but his lips were sealed by a solemn vow and even if they were not there was no necessity to detail how he had been summoned to attend on the young lady and rescue her from the fate and crime of suicide how he had good cause to know that she was either a wife or a mistress but he suspected the latter how he had seen that splendid form stretched half naked upon the bed the bosom heaving convulsively with physical and mental agony and the exquisitely modelled arms flung wildly about with excruciating pain how the large black eyes had been fixed imploringly upon him and the vermilion lips had parted to give utterance to words demanding from himself the fiat of her life or death there was no necessity we say to narrate all this even if no vow had bound him to silence because lord ellingham sought not that lovely jewess as a wife that esther de medina and the lady of south Moulton street were one and the same person the doctor felt convinced the tones of esther's voice flowing upon the ear with such silver melody the two rows of brilliant beautiful teeth the face the hair the eyes the configuration of the form with its fine but justly proportioned bust and slender waist all were identical but what chiefly amazed nay bewildered the physician was the calm indifference with which esther met his rapid searching glance the admirable composure with which she had encountered him the firmness amounting almost to an insolent assurance with which she had spoken to him never once quailing nor blushing nor manifesting the slightest embarrassment but actually treating him as a person whom she had saw for the first time and as if he were totally unacquainted with anything that mitigated against her character all this was naturally a subject of ineffable astonishment and wonder lord ellingham accompanied the doctor to grafton street and when they had entered the house dr lassells made him acquainted with lady hatfield's indisposition she is ill ejaculated arthur profoundly touched by these tidings and i dare not call even to inquire concerning her and wherefore should you not manifest that courtesy asked the doctor i must forget her i cannot demonstrate any farther interest on her behalf exclaimed the nobleman if there really exist reasons which render it impossible or imprudent for her to change her condition by marriage it is useless for us to meet again and if she be swayed by caprice i cannot suffer myself to be made the sport of her whims there are the wanton wilful whims of a coquette said the doctor impressively and there are the delusions of the monomaniac but the latter are not the less conscientiously believed although they be nothing save delusions is it possible cried arthur a sudden ray of hope breaking in upon him can georgiana be subject to fantasies of that nature oh that she could be cured doctor and your skill may yet make us happy rest assured my dear earl was the reply that all the knowledge which i possess shall be devoted to that purpose my eternal gratitude will be due to you doctor said the nobleman with your permission i shall return in the evening to learn from you how our charming patient progresses the physician signified his assent and lord ellingham took his departure new hopes animating his soul
End of section 14. Recording by Lucia Kelly, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia.